0: are listening to the Classic Sermons Podcast from PreachTheBible.org, a ministry of North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California. You will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival sermons from great preachers of the past. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. In the Psalm 138, I'm going to read just a few verses. I want to talk about a revival that I need in my own heart and you know, we all need reviving, you know. He said, will I not revive us again? He knew he was gonna need it again, and again, and again. You heard about the fellow that every time a meeting a revival would be at the church, he'd go to the altar, we ought to go to the altar more often than that, but he'd go to the altar and uh, he'd ask the Lord, Lord, fill me. And one of his buddies slipped down there and said, Lord, don't do it, he leaks, he leaks. And you know, I heard that story. But we all leak, my friend. We all leak, yes we do. And um, David here, notice he said, I will praise thee with my whole heart, you see. I could stop there a little while. You know, I, 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 I see so much in the work of God where the heart's not in it. It's getting to be too much of a, a kind of a job instead of a, a real ministry. And, uh, but here he said my whole heart, before the gods will I sing praise unto thee. I will worship towards thy holy temple and praise thy name for thy loving kindness and for thy truth. For thou hast magnified thy word above all thy name. And I'm not going to preach on that tonight, but let me tell you, I'll go on down here in a few minutes. Uh, it was in 1966, Oliver Green preached revival for us, a three night, and you've heard of him if you didn't hear it. you on the radio. And you know his, his place is in uh, Greenville, South Carolina. About a three hour drive. And the reason I can remember in 1966, he preached Monday through Wednesday, and he pulled up in our driveway that Monday afternoon. And the reason I can remember, he was driving one of them old 66 Riviera Buicks. I always thought they were so pretty. And uh, he got out, and I said, I said, Brother Green, that's a nice car you've got. Thank you, Brother Robertson. You had a car. I said, thank you, thank you. He said, I led a Buick dealer to the Lord, and he gave it to me. <laughs> but that's not what I, on Monday night, he announced. Tomorrow night, the Lord willing, he said on Tuesday night, I'm going to preach on what God has magnified above his own name. And folks, I, I didn't think it's anything above God's name, and you know, preaching you're supposed to know it all. And I, I, was afraid. Now that was Monday night, and uh, I, I was afraid somebody said, "Preacher, what's the," bu-? and I didn't know what to say. He didn't say it. He didn't read it that night. He just told us to go preach on it, and that was his text. Did you get that verse right there? If you'll notice what he said, he said in that verse too. He said, I will worship toward thy holy temple and praise thy name for the loving kind and for thy truth. Notice, for thou hast magnified thy word above all thy name. God said, I put my word even above my name. And, and, and I could stop there a little while, but you know, I, I got to thinking later, you remember over there, when, and the Lord, he knows everything. But you remember when... Uh, he, the promises he made to Abraham and Moses and so on. on. Moses, for one time, and you remember one time when Moses come down off of that mount, when uh, the Lord gave him the commandments, and, and one time the Lord just said, uh, so to speak, uh, maybe not just these words, just let's just get rid of them and I'll you know, get somebody else. And you remember what Moses said? Moses said, Lord, you've promised and if you remember, it says, and God repented. And I used to think, and God repented. I think what God was saying, and he didn't forget, he knew, you're right, Moses. I said it, my word is above my own name. And that's true. That's what, and that, Oliver Green preached on that. I just want to stop there. Now, let me read on a few verses. In verse three, in the day when I cried, thou answers me and strengthens me with strength in my soul. All the kings of the earth shall praise thee, O Lord, when they hear the words of thy mouth. Yea, they shall sing in the ways of the Lord, for great is the glory of the Lord. Though the Lord be high, yet hath he respect unto the lowly, but the proud he knoweth afar off. And right here is a verse, I was reading this some time ago. In the midst of all this, look what he said in that verse 7. Though I walk in the midst of trouble, thy wilt revive me. Thou shalt stretch forth thine hand against the wrath of mine enemies, and thy right hand shall save me. And that, that verse right there, that part of that verse, he said, even though I walk in the midst of troubles, and we're in it today, we know that, We've never known a time when our nation was in such a mess as it is. And yet, I and you can have revival in our own hearts. You know, there's nobody in my church that can keep me from having revival. And nobody can keep you. Now, you think about that. I say it quite often. You and I are our worst enemies. We are. If uh, that You say, well, you don't know, Brother Bobby. Yeah, if somebody talks to you hateful, blesses you out, the attitude you and I take towards that will make a lot of difference. I've probably told this before when I was here. I've told it all over the country, but I'm going to tell you, uh, tell you again. Lester Roloff used to come to our church a whole lot. The reason I got him—I guess he's there three or four times a year. And you know, we're about seven or eight miles out of Western Salem. And you, most of you older folks, know who I'm talking about. Lester Roloff—you probably heard him. In person, many times. Anyway, Brother Olaf asked me one day, he said, Brother Bobby, he said, uh, do you mind me using gospel light for my stop over to Western Salem area? He said, I, I've been asked to go so many places and I can't go to all of them. I said, Anytime time you can come. So he would usually be on a Thursday night and maybe one night, sometime two nights. But this is what I started to say. I have too much of a sense of humor and he had oh he he just cut up all the time. And one day we was riding along in my car and I don't know what I said to him, but you said some things at times that you kind of think I would not have said that. Whatever it was. I I said, Brother Roloff, I'm sorry. I said what I did to you. I said, I, I wouldn't hurt you for anything in the world. You know he looked at me just as serious. He must not weigh over 125, 30 pounds, little fella. But he looked at me, and I'm driving, and he said, Brother Bobby, if you hurt me, it's not your fault. It's my fault, because I'm supposed to be dead to self, and you can't hurt something dead. And if you don't get nothing, I say this week, you take that home, with you? That's been years ago, and every time I get roused up at something that gospel life, and I want to do that to somebody sometime, the Holy Spirit will bring that to mind. You wouldn't get so agitated if you're dead. And that's the hardest thing is to die to self every day. So we need revival. Let's have a word of prayer. Father, thank you for giving me a safe trip here, and I want to be a blessing to these people, and I appreciate Brother Aaron Griffin, and I pray that you would help me put in my mind the scriptures that's needed And Holy Spirit, you deal with us and speak to us and help us to have ears to hear the word of God and then be doers, I pray in Jesus' name, amen. If you'll notice, I said several things I could say, but I had on my mind three three or four things that I feel like that uh, we need constantly a revival. Number one is a revival for love. I mean real love. Now, Hollywood don't know what love is. All they know is what lust is. But, you know, the Bible tells us in Romans chapter five, if we've been saved, that God hath put the love of God, it's been shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. When you and I trusted Christ as our Savior, His Spirit took His abode up in our life. And God's love, that's His love, not ours, And we need to let that love be revived all the time. I I was thinking uh, there in in Luke and also in Matthew. You remember there was a lawyer that came to Jesus and asked him one day, Master, what's the greatest commandment? And Jesus said, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, soul, strength, and mind. And secondly is, Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Then he is wondering who the neighbor was. And then you remember, I believe that's in Luke maybe 10. And then he told him, he said, Well, let me tell you, there was a man that left Jerusalem and was going down to Jericho. And he fell among thieves. And they stripped him of his garment and wounded him and threw him over the side, robbed him and threw him over there in a ditch and left him to die. And then he said there was a Levite. Now, you know, when you think of the Levites, you think of the law. The law can't change a man. It only shows him where, he's, where he stands before God, you see. Uh, and anyway, the Levite came by, if you remember, and, uh, and, and then the religious man came. All this happened. And then they seen him, but they kept on. But if you read that story, there was a Samaritan came, and he went for where he was. And he poured in oil and he he helped the man and he got him up and put him on his own little donkey and took him down to the end and said, now you take care of him. And uh, when I come back, Jesus said, that's what it is, loving your neighbor as yourself. I'm saying tonight, friend, number one, we just need to love Jesus Christ. Just love Christ. Uh, We say we love him, but uh, do we really love him? Most of the time, I find myself every time I'm praying, I'm asking Him for something. But I find sometimes, if I'll just stop and start thinking about the blessings, <laughs> and just just get the right at His feet and just give Him praise, and and, and He'll He'll turn a bucket of honey over in your soul every time. And we need to take time just, just to love the Lord Jesus Christ. He, he's interested in it. Listen, if you, uh, husband and wife here tonight, uh, you know what makes you the happy, happy couple is to love each other. That's right. Most of you know my precious sweetheart went to heaven a year ago last July. Oh, how I miss her. And she is so sweet to me. And, uh, and we had a good marriage. We got married when we was too young, but that's all right. God took care of us. We was married 66 and a half years when she went to heaven. And only God knows how I miss her. But let me tell you, it didn't take money to, 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 to make that woman happy. It, she just wanted to know that her husband loved her. That's all. That's all. Just loved her. And, and, every, and that's all, that's it. I, I've been so busy, I wish I'd have took more time with her, but uh, she never complained. In her, I liked hot dogs. And uh, a lot of times on Thursday and Friday, I said, at home, And I said, honey, let's go get a hot dog. And we're driving, these dairy hoes, I believe it is. I mean a hot dog all the way. I mean, I mean slaw, onions, chili, the whole deal, everything. And uh, we go get some hot dogs and pull out And and eat them, you know, and watch the traffic. And she'd say, you don't know how much I love you. I wish you knew how much I love you. Folks, that done me more good than if that woman had had a million dollars and put it in my hand. And what I'm trying to say tonight, we need to love Jesus Christ. You know, he's interested in that. You remember old Peter over there when he backslid. And John 21, and he went back, to, the Lord had called him from fishing for fish to fish after souls. And there's nothing wrong with fishing, but I'm just saying, if you notice, when a man gets out of fellowship, he'll go back a lot of times to some of the things that he did. So Peter went fishing. Remember that last chapter of John? He went fishing, and six more went with him. It's always easy to get somebody else to go with you. When you, and he wasn't where he's supposed to be. And most of you know the story there. And, uh, and they feast all night and didn't catch anything. And next morning, Jesus came. And old Peter's out there. And some of them said, that's the Lord up yonder. And he got his fishing girdle about him, you know, and came, if you remember. And Jesus said, children, have you any meat? And they said, Lord, we've toiled all night. We haven't caught it. He said, You're fishing on the wrong side. <laughs> he said, Cast your net on the right side and you'll find. And if you remember the story, they got 153 fish. And when it brought them up there on the shore, Jesus said, hey, That's amazing to me. He already had a good breakfast fixed for them that day. And uh, he said, Where'd he get them fish? I guess he just said, Come here, fish. And uh, he comes, you know. That's right. I mean, you know, listen, he knows all things. You remember on one occasion when old Peter, uh, Peter he said, Peter would to pay our taxes. He said, Go out there and catch, put a hook in, catch that fish out there and open his mouth and get that corn out. Boy, that's amazing. And we got a wonderful God. But wait a minute, you remember that story then and Jesus fed him? And he said, Peter, lovest thou me more than and he said, yeah, three times if you remember. What he's saying is, Peter, I'm interested more if you really love me. And Peter said, every time, I love you. And finally, he said, Lord, thou knowest. I think you're saying, I know I back said, I know I denied you, Lord, but down in my heart, I love you. And then he said, well, I got something for you to do. He said, you feed my sheep. He said, my lambs, oh, yonder. He said, You do it. You just follow me. Jesus was interested in him getting his priorities right. And that's what I'm saying about you and I, friend. What a thing. I remember Dr. Bob Jones Sr. preached for us one time. Dr. Bob Sr. I'm talking about. Man, you talk about preaching against sin. Oh, Dr. Bob, about every time, I heard him preach several times, and about every time that he had preached, he'd say, You bunch of moderates, you're going to hell if you don't get saved. I mean, he come down the line. But wait a minute. He said something when he was praying. I say he said something, he was praying. And I never heard a man pray like that. This, this is what he, he, he prayed for. He prayed. And he said, dear Jesus, I love you. You know, I, I, I don't know. I thought, well, a college man, it would probably be a kind of a form of, when he starts praying it. Arnie said, dear Jesus, I love you. He said, I thank you for dying on the cross a little old South Alabama boy like me. I thank you. This is what he said. I thank you for sending the Holy Spirit and convicting me and showing me I needed to be saved. I thank you for giving me faith to trust you. And he just kept praying. And he said, Jesus, you put so many stars out there I never have been able to count them. And he said that beautiful moon and sun and, and, in the, and right before he quit praying He said, by faith, I just want to put my arms around your neck and thank you. And I love you, Jesus. Amen. Took off the preaching. And you know, I I said right there, that's what makes a man click. He stayed in love with his Savior. And that's very important. A lot of things I could say there. But I think, number one, I think that'll take care of a lot of things if we love him like we ought to. We'll be running after the neighbors, so to speak. The people's lost and on their way to hell. Then I said something else. You know, I think we need not only revival for the love of Christ, but for our church. Our churches, I guess, are here like they are. Up our, our church is in such a mess. I'm not old, but I've been around a long time. <laughs> and, and you know, I, I've been preaching last, let's see, sep- yeah, this, this September, <laughs> yeah. I've been trying to preach 66 years this, this, this year. I, I was saved in 1948. God began to deal with me to preach, and I was scared. And anyway, I surrendered in 1950, September 1950. And I've never, in the last, I'd say last 10 or 12 years, I've been gospel-like a little while. Now I ain't been there 60, just 60 years there. But what i have started to say, I've never seen so many churches change. And, and honestly, they're more like clubs or something today. I can remember when, brother, you looked at the house of God as a sacred place. I can remember that very much, but it doesn't seem like it anymore. But folks, don't forget, this is God's house. This is God's house right here. You know, they call gospel light. Somebody will say, that's Brother Bobby's. No, it's not. That's the Lord's place. And this is God's place here. And, and, and we just need to love the church. I mean, just thank God that you have a place here that still stands for old time religion, and still believes the Bible, and, and, and still believes that Christ is the only way to heaven. It's not mixed up with religion and everything else, but it's, it's got the book. You ought to thank God, and, and, and we need to constantly just, just get a revival of loving our church, just thanking God for the church. And then I said something else about love our callings. You know, you remember Jesus gives talents. He gave one man five, one two, one of them. And uh, if you remember that one, he was jealous and he buried his and made his excuse. But if you remember the man had five, God gave it according to his ability. The man had five had more ability than the other man who had two, because if he hadn't, God had given him. But if you remember that story, the man who had two, he worked and got two more. And the man who had five, he worked and got five more. But he gave them the same rewards. He said the same thing because they both done what they could. And that's what we we need to, whatever your calling is, there's no big callings, I don't think, with God and little callings and things. I mean, if God has called you as a Sunday school teacher, if God has called you uh, to work with them little babies in the nursery, just do your best and thank God for it. Don't ever get to the place that, well, I think I've done this long enough and somebody don't do that. Just, just thank God you can be right there and be faithful, I'm saying. And I think we need a constant revival about the talent God has given us. All of us we don't have the same talent. I can't sing, I wish I could. I don't even try anymore. You know, we've been on the radio on Sunday night for quite a few years live, and three or four times, I'd meet somebody out yonder and he said, Brother Bobby, I hurt you last Sunday night, and I wouldn't want to hurt you feeling. This happened a different times. But but if I was you, when the congregation singing used to have, I wouldn't stand too close to that mic. <laughs> I think if I was you, I'd just stick to preaching. That was said to me several times. But let me tell you something else. I tell you where it stopped at all. The man who led me to Christ, he's with the Lord now. He lived me 95. And he's about 75, he has pa- got to pass through several churches and he's up in the mountain. But when I got saved, it's was very close to Kernersville. Anyway, I had him back to preach for me one time. And he is about 75 years old. And we're standing in the front pew holding a book, singing. And he looked over to Sears to me and he said, <clears throat> Bobby, I see that something hadn't, and I mean, he didn't whisper. I see that something hadn't changed about you through the years. I said, what's that, Brother Mark? He said, you couldn't sing? You still can't. You're messing me up. <clears throat> i done it, Arlo. You may see me when you're singing, but there's nothing coming out. I don't have that, but no need. Listen, you who do have a talent, use it for God's glory. That's right. I mean, when the choir sings, just say, Lord, stir my heart to just love and appreciate. Uh, the calling God has given, wherever it may be. I'd say we just need need an old-fashioned revival. And let me say something else about this thing of love. We need a a real revival of just loving Christians. Loving Christians, you know. Uh, People's hurting so bad. Remember what Jesus said, I think it's in John 13. Jesus said, I want to give you a new commandment. And that commandment is that you love one another even as I have loved you. And by this shall all men know you're my disciples if you love one another. My friend, uh, everybody's hurting sometime or another. And we Christians need to just ask the Lord, Lord, stir my heart that I, not gossiping. God knows we don't need that stuff. Uh, uh, it's too much of that. It's not, But just a word of encouragement means a whole lot. It really does. Just, just somebody, just say uh, somebody come up to you sometime. You're not preaching to try to uh, to try to please men, but somebody come up sometime and say. In fact, last night the fellow said to me after church, "Preacher, God gave you that for me. I needed that. Thank you so much." That done me a lot of good. You don't have to brag on people, but it does you a lot of good. And I'm saying just, ask the Lord just to give us that old-fashioned revival. Then I got to put down here something else. I don't need a revival, just, just pure love. Loving sinners, of course. Uh, you know, helping the fella who's fell out, chunter going towards Jericho. Pick him up and help him. And that's what we need. But let me say next, I believe we need a revival of just listening. Listening. What do you mean by that, Brother Bob? Have you ever been to church and you you didn't, you didn't listen but you didn't listen? You had your mind on a hundred things? It's amazing to me. Our building, we got four, five, six doors out now, and I don't try to go to, but our other building used to be like it, and I used to go to the door and uh, shake hands, and stand there, you know, shake hands with people. And you know, every once in a while, maybe I didn't preach, somebody else preached, and they'd come out and say, but Brother Bobby, I appreciate that message. I didn't even preach. <laughs> I didn't say, that's happened to me several times. I just thinking, you know what I'm talking. It wasn't listening. We, we go, we're there, but we just need a revival of old-fashioned listening to the Lord. You remember little old Samuel. Hannah wanted a child, if you remember that story. And she prayed, and uh, Eli was a priest. God gave her that little boy. And she said, I'm going to leave him in the house of the Lord. And you know, she'd she'd, uh, go up there, uh, make him a little coat and and go see him every year. Anyway, if you know that story, I believe it's 1 Samuel uh, 1, 1, 2, 3 along there. And and if you remember, God was speaking. In those days, God spoke through prophets and dreams. And so he speaks to us today through his word. But if you remember one night, Samuel, little Samuel, woke Eli up and said, what'd you want? He said, I haven't said anything. And after a little while, the same thing happened again. And Eli the priest said, maybe it's God speaking. Son, if it happens again, just say, speak, Lord, for thy servant heareth. And a little while he did. And God used Samuel in a great way. He was listening. And then you think of Saul. Uh, of what a mess. I mean, Saul started out good. But when God says, now Saul, I want you to go over there and them Amalekites, I'm going to wipe all them out. And he went over there, but he didn't listen to the Lord. You remember, he brought back the old king. The king, I believe his name is Agag. He brought him back. And he brought some oxen sheep. And then uh, when Samuel said, How'd you? Oh, he said, It's his. Well, boy, I done it all. And about that time, he said, What's that, the lowing of the ox and bleeding of the sheep, then? Be sure our sins will find us out, you see. And if you remember the story about King Saul, from that, he went down worse and worse and worse because he didn't listen to what the Lord said. My friend, that's what God wants us. When He speaks to us, we ought to be like Luke Samuel. Lord, Speak for thy servant heareth. That's what I'm trying to say. I think about there in John chapter 2. If you remember, Jesus uh, went to the marriage in Cain of Galilee and, and Mary, and, and uh, his mother was there, if you remember, and he and his disciples. And if you remember there, in and, and those days, I, I, what I understand, a wedding uh, must have had a, a time for maybe a week before this marriage and when it says it's served wine, that's not the stuff that makes you drunk either. Uh, no, I, I, I mean, it's not that. I would say as today in grapes, you don't look upon it when it stirs itself. You remember what Proverbs said? So anyway, they served wine and the Bible says they give out. And that was embarrassing. And, and if you remember, Jesus or Mary said, they don't have any wine. Jesus said, "What is that? What is that to me?" And then Mary said this. His mother said this to them. Whatsoever he saith, do it. That's what me and you need to do. You know the story there. There was some uh, water pots out there, and Jesus said, "Get those water pots and fill them full of water." They didn't say, "Lord, uh, we we meant wine, not what we don't." Not. No, they didn't. They just listened. And when they listened <laughs> and got the old governor to taste it, and he said, Man, he said, you've always had the best first, but the feast is just about always, but you've kept the best last. Now, anything the Lord has to do is better anyway. But 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 I love that story where when, when his mother said to them, Whatever he says, do it. And my friend, that's what me and you need an old fashioned revival of just. Speak, Lord, for thy servant heareth. And, and, and he'll let us know uh, if, listen, we can know the will of God. The Bible says, be not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. Now, I think sometimes we we ask the Lord, and then we tell the Lord what it is before <laughs> before that. I got a preacher friend over there in Maidan, about 12, 15 years ago, he called me in uh, Maidan, North Carolina, about 30, 40 miles from me. I won't call his name, but he said, Brother Bobby, uh, he'd been there several years, and he said, Brother Bobby, do you know a church is, that's uh, looking for a pastor? He said, I've got two families. Ever since I've been at that place, they've been against me, and I just don't believe God wants me to battle this thing any longer. Well, I'm not smart, but when he got through, a pop, something hit me, and I said this, I said, do you you reckon God is leading you away or them them families is leading you away? He said, well, I hadn't thought about that. We talked a little while and I said, let's just, God's given you grace this far. I said, just just, let's just keep praying and, and you stand still a while. And about, I think about six months passed and he called me just shouting on the phone. Praise God! I'm glad I stayed. He said them two families is gold. Preacher said it's wonderful. And if he and I said, don't thank me. He looks like he he acts like I'm some big feller because. And I, he's thanked me at least ten times when I see him. Thank and in and a while back he had his fortieth anniversary at that church. And what do you say, brother? Bobby? I, I've been guilty of of. Thinking things was what God wanted and it wasn't him. And we need we need to be careful. See, he could have missed God's will just like that. And I look back at some things, it happened at gospel life. And I think if I'd have just stopped and waited and listened to the Lord, it would have turned out different, sure. And and you have things. And we ought to just constantly, Lord, uh, give me a revival of listening, what you say. You remember when Hebrews chapter uh, two, he talked about how shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation? You know that's nothing wrong to preach that to the sinner because he can. But my friend, if you the Hebrews was wrote to the Christian and what the Lord was saying to those Hebrews uh, people there, he said, uh, don't neglect God's word. Listen to it. And you ask in Hebrews 2, and you go on down there in Hebrews 5, and he said they were dull of hearing, my friend. You see, I, I, I'm just talking to Bobby Robinson tonight, too. We need, an old, I need an old-fashioned uh, of just loving Jesus, loving the church, loving lost sinners, uh, and just fall in love and let the love of God uh, flow through our lives, my friend. Uh, and, and, and then just... Ask him to give me the revival just to listen, listen to him. Uh, you know, be, he that hath ears, let him hear. And that's what we need to do. And then I close with this thought. We need a revival of labor. I've never in my life seen as many lazy people. I'm not kidding you. I mean, we, we don't have a large uh, a staff in our church. We, we've got some, but but we got some wonderful people we got some every time you find they sitting over yonder on the side or somewhere just lazy uh, you know i'm not against this electronical stuff today, but folks we think <laughs> if we mash a button we'll do it uh, no we we still need to get out there and do some work you see the bible says uh, uh, if we go forth weeping bearing precious seed no will come no doubt uh, rejoicing bringing our seeds with us uh, it's hard to get people. I, 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 people in our church that one time was out there just trying to labor and labor and do this and do that and knocking on doors and they don't seem to care anymore. It's a sad thing. I think one thing, it's a time and that don't, the Bible says over in Timothy, you know, and he said perilous times shall come. Do you remember what Paul said? There'll be lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God. That saved people. Loving pleasures, putting that before the love of God in our life. If we're not careful, we get into that, that groove. And I'm seeing just an old-fashioned, just, just weeping, going forth after lost souls. I close with this song, but there in John chapter 4, you remember about when Jesus was at, at the well and met this woman? And uh, his disciples had gone off into the city to buy something to eat and when they come back you remember Jesus said I eat meat that you know about I love they thought somebody would come and give him something to eat before they got there and Jesus said this it's, I believe it's John four thirty-five. I thought about it so much Jesus said don't say there's four months till the harvest time but lift up your eyes and look out on the fields where they're white with harvest already what she said, he's saying it's time now to reap it and my friend i'm saying uh, these these things that i uh, personally myself a revival of just love love and and just listening to what god says and then the revival uh, uh, of just labor just just going on and keep on talking to people, keep on witnessing, keep on uh, going after them all the time. And, and God has promised he will, he will reward those who are faithful in the things of the Lord. And I say tonight, let's ask the Lord to help us. Right here, David said, in the midst of this trouble, wilt thou not revive us? And then you remember, I believe it's Psalm 85. He said, revive us again. Again, that thy people may rejoice in thee. So I'm saying tonight, folks, that we're, we're in a mess in this world, but let's have a revival in our own hearts. And let's walk with the Lord day after day. And if he smiles upon us, I failed him so much. So honestly, I'm not trying to be pious, but that's the truth. I look and see how much I have failed the Lord. But you know, I'm glad he put down in my soul Almost 68 years now, I guess it will be, in October, he put a desire there to glorify his name. I failed him, but he's never failed me. And I thank God. And let me say, if you're not saved tonight, we're going to stand, I guess, and maybe sing a verse or something, whatever here. Why don't you get saved tonight? Jesus died for you. It's not his will that you go to hell, but if you reject him, you're accepting, you're receiving hell because that's the only way. He died for God so loved the world. He gave his only begotten son. And whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And we want you to come. And the preacher, me, we'll talk with you and get this thing settled. Yesterday morning we had a lady saved and uh, she, she, was so, she was so happy. She came up. And we had people ready to talk to her. And she rode a bus in. And I, 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 I could tell she'd she come in on the bus. <laughs> and I just stepped up. I was standing there. And, and I just talked to her myself. I just went on and knelt down there and talked to her. And uh, she said, well, now, my children's been baptized. Uh, but, but I haven't been baptized yet. And I said, we're not talking about baptized." I said, she kept talking about her children being baptized. And, and I said, lady, are you saved? Well, he said, I, I she said, no, I'm not. <laughs> and I said, well, now, Jesus died for sinners. Well, I'm one of them. And, and, I, and I just had her to pray. You know, and, uh, old Curtis Hudson used to say, some people get saved, some really get saved. <laughs> she was one of them really got." And, 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 and I just said, go ahead and talk to the Lord. And she right there just told him, you know, I could hear, the people couldn't. And she said, Lord, I'm a sinner. And I said, now, if you appreciate Jesus dying, tell and I appreciate you dying for people like me. Now, I said, ask him to come into your life. And she asked him, now tell him if you're going to trust him. And she said, I'm going to trust you as my Savior. You know, you don't get saved by feelings, but it sure does feel good to be saved. And you're going to see the joy of the Lord coming. at. Me. She said, I am, I am. Yeah, I said, I know, lady. Yeah, amen, amen. And, and I, we took her for baptism. Now, I said, I've got her, we got her name, all that filled out. And I said, now, I, I, I want to call you. I'm going to call her this week sometime. she give me her phone. number, And I'm going to tell you, what baptism is. I said, you <laughs> don't have a thing. Do you go into heaven and I want you to know that. Jesus is the way. Yeah, I know it. And she left so happy. You know, my friend, if you're not saying, devil will tell you you can't hold out. He can't quit this, he can't quit that. You can't hold out, but you don't have to. He'll save you and keep you and guide you and then when you get through here, you go to heaven. I I closed three or four times before I closed. But (laughs) my sweetheart, I want to tell you a little bit about her. My wife, she called me daddy. We have four children and uh, 10 grandchildren. I guess back when the kids were small, we got to call each other daddy and mama. And and by the way, I have 26 great-grandchildren. 26 great-grandchildren, yeah. But uh, anyway, uh, Jackie, my wife, we were sitting there a few months ago. She had felt bad. She had a heart attack uh, when she died, but but she had felt bad. And I think, think about it now. Evidently, she, she said one night, she said, Daddy, we're just sitting there in the house. And she said, Daddy, I said, I just might go and be with Jesus anytime. Just like that. And I said, honey, don't talk that way. I said, I can't, can't make it without you. And she said, well, if I do, I'll be waiting for you. And the night she died, she just slipped out as easy and went in the presence of the Lord. You need to be saved. Thank you for listening to the Classic Sermons podcast from PreachTheBible.org, a ministry of North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California. To listen to many more powerful sermons, visit our website, PreachTheBible.org.